Hello, I'm Melanie Cole. Welcome to Anxiety in Schools, a special podcast series from Rogers Behavioral Health. This is episode number two of our six-part series where we look at anxiety and how it can impact learning. In this episode, we'll discuss anxieties in school, and I'd like to welcome Dr. Stephanie Eakin. She's the Regional Medical Director at Rogers Behavioral Health. Dr. Eakin, please tell us, what does anxiety look like and how does it interfere with learning? Well, anxiety can look, it can come out in a lot of different ways in in the learning arena at school. So first of all, anxiety just in general can sometimes keep people from going to school or engaging in activities related to school or with their peers. So that's one way that we see anxiety affecting learning. So if you're not at school, you're not learning. But also how we think about ourselves um, happens with anxiety too. So being really critical and that can, of course, reduce confidence whenever you're taking a test or or completing an assignment. But even things like um, being a perfectionist, which can be really anxiety-based. Some people use perfectionism, I say, to their advantage. But if it becomes over the top and you become very anxious, then interestingly, people will perhaps avoid school or procrastinate um, because they can't do something perfectly. And then anxiety also just affects us cognitively, so our ability to pay attention, to concentrate on things, to really think through things critically and make good decisions. All of those are places where we can see anxiety impact and absolutely can impact your ability to to learn and um, do well in a school setting. Well, we all have heard about teens being stressed out from test taking and standardized testing and such. How does anxiety in school manifest itself as far as a teenager, and you mentioned refusal to go to school, but as far as test taking and cognitive ability and being able to concentrate and focus on learning? Absolutely. Anxiety can can impact that. So when we think about taking tests, there's actually research that shows us a little bit of anxiety actually for tests helps us perform a little bit a, a little bit better and at our highest. However, when it becomes, you know, at high levels, then it, it's really going to impact tests. So some people worry about, especially if the tests are timed, right, that that can be very stressful and then people can't seem to manage time well and that can affect their performance. But stress in general can absolutely affect affect us. And so there are so many stressors for adolescents today. I say, man, it must be hard to be a teenager because they have not only, you know, this constant idea of test taking and scores and getting into college and sort of doing all these activities to have the best resume to get into school, but, you know, they also have other worries to deal with, such as what's brought up in social media, right? They have a lot of feedback about themselves from peers. And then they also just have much more exposure to media in general so that events like school shootings that are, you know, seems like in the news on a weekly basis, they're also having to contend with um, sorting through that amount of information. It is very stressful for a teen whose brain is developing and growing. So absolutely can impact them in the school setting and on test taking. Um, And in fact, we put so much emphasis on tests these days that it can really um, lead people to sort of freeze in those situations and not achieve the level that they're capable of doing. You mentioned social media and what's going on in the world. Do you think kids are more stressed today than they were 30, 40 years ago? Yes, I absolutely think that the chronic stress that people, not just teens, it's really our population, but teens in particular with social media 
have stressors that we just didn't face before by the amount of information and decisions that they have to make. Are they going to access those outlets to spend their time on? It's been shown repeatedly that the more time we spend on social media, actually the less happy we are because we're more stressed and we're comparing. And frankly, the more screen time we have um, is not good for us um, either. So I definitely believe that that adds to the stress that teens are experiencing today, and it's higher than we've ever seen. Dr. Eakin, give us some tips to help address it in the classroom. And what are some things that the school can do to help parent education on anxiety for their children? I think, number one, um, just, you know, at schools, being able to, um, number one, for the teachers to be able to recognize and bring up to parents if they're seeing kids whose, you know, performance is changing, they're not achieving in the same way, maybe they're more withdrawn. Um, that, you know, having those conversations between teachers and parents is important. But there are things that schools can do just from a temporary standpoint, too, to help with anxiety disorders. So, you know, it's really important that uh, clinicians and schools try to collaborate together around helping um, kids get, get through, you know, the school day despite feeling anxious. So perhaps temporarily, if someone is struggling, let's say, on, on a time test, situation. Then a school may, for a short period of time while the, while the child is getting treatment, you know, take, take the time limit away or give them more time to complete a test. Um, they might let them go in a different room, you know, so that there aren't those distractors um, that you would typically have in a classroom um, with other students. So there are what schools call accommodations that they can make um, to help people. You know, sometimes they can excuse Um, kids from being late to school. So if they're having a lot of social anxiety, that they don't go, you know, they don't enter the school when all the other kids are, because that might be really overwhelming for them at the time. Maybe they can leave the classroom for short periods of time to go engage in something like deep breathing or some kind of mindfulness exercise. What we don't want, though, is for that to continue indefinitely, because what we want is for for the child to be getting, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy to help them overcome the anxiety. And then we start to peel those um, accommodations away um, so that they can function, you know, as they previously did in the classroom setting. So what about educating parents and some things that they can do at home, effective management strategies that they can use at home to help their children with some of these anxieties that they face? I tell parents that anxiety likes to take advantage of typical parenting strategies. So you have to think a little bit differently with your, you know, if you have a child or adolescent who has an anxiety disorder. So for example, if you have, you know, a child that doesn't have anxiety and they see that, you know, a thunderstorm is coming um, on the news and, you know, they're like, oh, will I be okay while I'm, you know, during this thunderstorm while I'm at school? You know, a parent can usually say, oh yeah, you know, go to school. The teachers will take care of you. Don't worry about it. And they can move on with their day. With a child with anxiety, giving that reassurance over and over is actually problematic because the words that you're saying aren't really, you know, being effective for them. And so what they may want to do is they may want to stay at home, right? Because something bad could happen while they're at school. And so what we tell parents is repeated reassurance is actually problematic. It sort of feeds the anxiety. So we'll say if a child asks repeatedly about something like what's going to happen to me during a thunderstorm, we'll say things like, 
oh, I feel like your anxiety is talking right now. So we externalize that anxiety from the child. Oh, it's your anxiety that's speaking right now. Are you worried about this? Let's talk about it. Let's let's think about rationally, like you've been through thunderstorms before, nothing bad happened. You know, what will they do at school to, to ensure that you're safe? So repeated reassurance is not good for kids who are anxious. And then also avoiding is not good. And so we want to educate parents that if you're starting to see your child avoid activities, people, um, things that they have typically been able to do in an age-appropriate, you know, an independent way, that you really have to think about getting, getting more help for them. Because there are things, you know, you do by just encouraging your child, reinforcing them really being brave and using coping strategies. But if they're really starting to draw back, then we want to seek, uh, you know, clinical help. Where do you see this anxiety in schools going in the future, Dr. Eakin? What do you think that the schools can do as we move along? And and you've talked about society and social networks and test taking and all of these things. Where do you think the schools fit into this picture of trying to reduce the anxiety so these kids can focus better? Well, I think that there are important things to, you know, not overemphasize, you know, particular tests. So I, I can feel, you know, in my own community when the tests are coming up about state testing and where someone's going to, you know, how their classroom's going to do, how the child is going to do. So I think, you know, we got to, we number one have to just also realize that kids are kids and we need to let them be kids. So I think, you know, obviously preparing kids for tests is, is appropriate, but it's also not the end all be all for their, you know, in their particular lifespan. So I think we need to realistically, you know, let them know that, hey, you just got to do the best that you can do. Certainly how a child performs on a test in middle school is not going to predict how they do the rest of their, (laughs) the rest of their life and into adulthood. So I think, you know, having appropriate emphasis is important. And also, you know, when we talk with schools, um, we talk a lot about homework as well and having a manageable amount of homework so that kids can be kids. Kids need to play. They need to be off of their computers. They need to be off of screens. So even just helping kids, you know, think about and problem solve for themselves, how can I complete work for school and have balance? And that balance is what's so critical for all of us as human beings um, in terms of managing stress. And so if, if, you know, schools and, um, and parents can work together to help find those balances for kids, I think that that's what's critical. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Eakin. It's such great information and so important for listeners to hear. Rogers Behavioral Health is working each day to ensure that those with mental health challenges have access to the highest quality of care and most effective treatment available today. To learn more about the many ways Rogers can help children, teens, families, and schools, please visit rogersbh.org today. That's rogersbh.org. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.